0: a podstralian production oh wow i'll be listening in today's podcast i interview an old friend thomas maxwell colton and ask him what's going on with the hope that he has the answers to producing a successful podcast that i'm looking for i say g'day everybody my name is my name is samuel davies and with us today joining us live in the studio." is Thomas Maxwell Colton, or rather, it is Thomas Colton, isn't it?
1: It is Thomas Colton, yes, but I I, I I, go by Max. He so, goes, he goes um,
0: by Maxwell, and that's a stunning image of him there, just with the classic, you know, you got to do it to him pose there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to use any video because my um my laptop does not work properly, so I'm doing this off of my phone.
0: And also, if we did see your face, um, it would be too overwhelming in, in terms of gorgeous beauty. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got to watch yeah. out for that. We um, You know, I'm conscious in this COVID era, we have to be aware of each other's safety more now, like no handshaking, <laughs> no revealing of Let's Max's it. face. It's really important to get that on key.
1: That's accurate. That is accurate.
0: All righty. So, yeah. Okay, well, I'm just gonna um, sneakily get into our show notes for this week's podcast episode. Um, mm-hmm. And first of all, just ask you, what's going on?
1: <laughs> well, not much, not much at all. I mean, I um, I work in retail. I work at um, at a, at a at one of the big supermarkets. I won't say which which one. Um, you know, just in case I accidentally talk shit about. I suppose, um, but um, but yeah, I work at one of the big supermarkets currently, and um, and yeah, so I've just been I've been uh, at the forefront, I suppose, of what you could say the the coronavirus has um, has delivered for a lot of people, and um, you know I've seen a lot of people's reactions: some too much, some not enough. Uh, but yeah, basically, I've just been scanning people's groceries, but not bagging them. We don't not do that bagging. anymore.
0: So can no. you walk us through how your job's changed since COVID and what policies are different now in the stores? Well,
1: yes. So first and foremost, we used to bag items for people and we do not do that now. Um, a lot of people seem to think that that's a stupid rule, but um, I'd like to put it to them that they haven't seen the state that some people hand us their bags in. You know, some people they oh, God, they, they give us like... Um, like milk that's been in the bottom of their bag for like two weeks or something like that—the proper forests in the bottom of these bags, which you know and was always
0: Milk disgusting. is my favorite. I love yeah,
1: milk. always <laughs> disgusting to work with. But you know, um, now in these uh, health-conscious times, we we don't want to risk it anymore. So um, so yeah, we're not doing the. That's the main thing, really. Um, uh, been doing a lot of basket wiping, trolley wiping. Never did that before. That was usually up to other people. Mm. Um, been been telling customers what to do quite a lot, which I've never really experienced. You know, stand back. Oh, you're too close. Oh, sorry, you can't buy fifteen bottles of milk. You know, oh no, you can't buy seventeen things of toilet paper, chief.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> back to World War Two rationing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, lots Almost. and lots of restrictions. That's the main. That's the main thing.
0: Mm, uh, the very the way interesting. Changed, are uh, you guys? Are you guys wearing gloves and masks, um, or anything like that? Is there any extra PPE involved now?
1: We can, but I used to work at a major fast food chain, and one of a, a good reason why I left it was the gloves. I hate gloves so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, the restaurant I was working at um, just before um, COVID, we had to start wearing gloves, and after three, um, like after clearing three tables, we had to change. So we had thousands and upon thousands of boxes of gloves, and Mm. it was just a nightmare. And putting them on as well were like. Um, the chefs were allowed the large ones but we had to wear the, the black coloured medium ones and they just barely fit, oh, yeah. fit on so yeah, I can see yeah. where you're coming from there
1: yeah well I've got really f- I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a what's known as a fat person um, <laughs> so you know I've got really fat hands and sticking those into into plastic and let me just say my hands know how the turtles feel basically <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's rough. It's rough.
1: It's rough. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: right. So, um, I think we'll just step back a bit and, um, mm-hmm. I just want to find out a bit more about you, um, the man, the mystery, the myth, the legend. So, That's right. um, in a, in a few sentences, who, who are you? Who is Thomas Maxwell Colton? What are you doing? Uh,
1: um, uh, well he's a cashier uh, currently he also uh, works uh, um, on on his uh, school friends podcasts every now and then um, he uh, uh, he does a diploma of business at TAFE um, which he's enjoying very much um, he speaks in the third person because he's a natural narcissist um, and uh, I uh, then sorry, I won't I won't change the third person. We'll keep going in third person. He um he uh, writes and records music sometimes and he makes films every now and then. That's, so a bit of uh, a
0: creative on top of everything as well.
1: Pretty much, yeah. That's that's um that would be the main the main thing would be the creativity. That's that's yeah, that's the that's my shtick, pretty much.
0: Awesome. And, um, and what were you doing before COVID? Has much changed or is it more or less the same?
1: Well, TAFE is online now. That's, I, I suppose mm-hmm. that's the main change is that, you know, I've got to do Zoom meetings for TAFE now as opposed to, you know, driving to South Bank, which is good and bad. I mean, I'm saving a fortune in petrol and parking, but, you know, at the same time, that was my main social interaction was my th- uh, four lessons of TAFE a week. So. Whoa. There's good and bad to it, but I, I'm excited to go back uh, there. There's also a 7-Eleven at TAFE South Bank, but I was oh. a regular at, So, you
0: know. So do they still do the $1 large slushies at, at um, 7-Eleven? Yep. I'm pretty out of touch,
1: aren't I? $1, $1 Slurpees and $1 um, coffees as well. Those were keeping me going mm. pretty much for the first half of this year.
0: That now, Mexico as a as a incredibly sustainable person that you are did you use um keep cups or did you use no, those reusable ones
1: i did not use anything reusable i just took the coffee cup from the 711 thing and um i actually threw it at the wildlife just to prove a point no i'm um, <laughs> no <laughs> no i am in no means of the word, environmentally, conscience, conscious at all. Um,
0: and does that concern
1: no, you? No. No, not at all. Um, you know. Uh,
0: I guess coming it? back to the, that reminds me you were talking about those rancid um, plastic bags in the supermarket. Um, So uh, apparently the Queensland government is now currently trying to phase out other um, non-reusable plastics, including Mm -hmm. um, stirrers, um, spoons and cutlery, and straws, I believe, as well. What do you think about that legislation?
1: Couldn't really. I, uh, I don't. This is the thing, Samuel, I just don't care all that much about it. I just, I really don't. Like, I've tried to care, I want to care, but I can't and and I don't. I don't know, you can can call me heartless or whatever. I just, environment and sustainability and everything, I just can't bring myself to care about it. I know some people now say, Oh, well, you will be laughing. You, you won't be laughing when the world's dead or whatever, but come on. People have been saying the world's going to die for thousands of years. It was supposed to die in 2012, it was supposed to die so many times, and it still hasn't. Civilizations will collapse. That, that happens, obviously. There's been many recorded civilizations in history, but the world itself, is it going to die? <laughs> Uh, history is not on people's side with that, so I don't
0: know. I reckon we need to get back to like the Mesopotamian era. I reckon that's where it was at.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, No. Neuro-cultural
0: society. Correct me if I'm wrong. If there's any historians in the in the audience here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, that's um, yeah. So
1: um, uh, yeah, I can't I can't get around it. I mean, I start.
0: Oh, he's gone off. He's left in disgrace.
1: Sorry, Sam. Um, My parents are just calling me. Can I?
0: Yeah, let's pause it and we'll come back in just one moment.
1: All right. Thanks. Sorry.
0: This week, our show is brought to you by italki, the ultimate language learning tool to advance your proficiency and confidence in a foreign language in no time. Lessons start from just four US dollars and are taught by both accredited teachers and native volunteers with extensive knowledge of both the target language and English. If you're looking to brush up on your skills or have a particular goal in mind, italki has the right teacher for you. When I sat my B2 French exam almost a year ago, I logged onto italki, had a one hour trial lesson with a native teacher who had experienced marking these exams in the past, and he put my mind completely at ease walking through tips and tricks, how to prepare, and what to expect. I can't recommend italki highly enough, so for any cobbers keen to learn a language in 2020 over the internet, click on the link in the description below, support our channel, and give italki a try. Okay, so we're back on with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Thomas Maxwell Colton, and he just had to attend to his folks there, so we've got back on with him, and we're moving full steam ahead. Excellent fine. Alrighty,
1: Max.
0: So I thought next we might um, jump into uh, some advice. I was hoping you would be able to give me some advice on how to uh, make a successful podcast. So we're going to do that now.
1: (laughs) All right. What do you want to know, Chief?
0: Well, I remember when I asked you onto the show, I said that there was three um, main things that I was worried about um, from my market research. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe you could walk me through um, a few things, starting with um, merchandising and sponsor acquisition.
1: Well, both of those things are really difficult to do, obviously. Um, you need a, you need a, 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 decent audience before any sponsors are going to touch you. And of course, merchandise is pretty expensive as well to produce. And then of course you need a logo and, and every, you need a whole bunch of things that people can get around basically. And, um, to start out with at least that's, that's incredibly difficult. Um, uh, Um, but I would say the main thing, getting a podcast off the ground is just other people's commitment to it.
0: Mm, Interesting. Um, And how do you get, how do you get those eyes as a, um, business mogul yourself studying a diploma (laughs) of business at the TAFE there? What has your TAFE taught you about, um, starting a successful, uh, venture, I guess?
1: Um, Well, yeah. uh, Number one thing is people management. Getting good people uh, behind you, Uh, really. I mean, such as yourself. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Well, the 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 thing you need to start off with realizing this is the way. This is actually how most of my film projects get derailed. Is you need to realize that no one is going to care about uh, this this project. No one's going to care about this project as much as you are, really. Mm. because you know they're not putting their name behind it they're not putting their you know their their uh, time image nothing they've got Mm. nothing invested in this project if someone's doing a project for free such as you know all of my movies or something like that they do not care anywhere near like they can pretend to or they can care a little bit but in the end they've got nothing invested in it they Mm. have no reason to want it to come to fruition so that's the that's getting off the ground now you'll get plenty of bandwagon people later on when you do actually get gain Yes, mm. yeah well you'll get some people saying oh i always believed in you and oh can you you know get you know i remember when i was in school i had about two or three people or something like that um start to make movies when oh, i yeah. was making. Yeah, I'm I not think one of them might people, have been but... me. Really?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Actually, I don't no, know if it was related. I I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I, I don't think it was related, but I did write a script. I think you,
1: you did, didn't you? That's right. I forgot about that. No, I was thinking of some someone else, which who I won't name, <laughs> obviously. Um, but no, you can else do he...
0: one of those cough things where you cough into the mic and <clears throat> Janice. <laughs>
1: No, I'm not gonna I I, I no, don't I think i am t you too. <laughs> Yeah, but um but yeah, he wrote a, a script and it it was actually like I uh, I read it, it was terrible, obviously. Um it was a rip-off of um of my movie The Hunt, which was already a terrible film. <laughs> but but he he decided that he'd do like a rip off of like two cops chasing down someone in like a forest instead of the waterways like I did it in. And I'm like what why why why, why make up your own shit. you know yeah, you if you're
0: gonna try and jump in on somebody else's thing at least you know make it your own, i guess
1: yeah, exactly, and but the, this is the thing is he sent me the script not to like edit it or anything, not even for an opinion. He just sent it to prove that he wrote it, and I'm like, that's great, I said, but you know, show me a finished product because here's the thing a finished product is incredibly difficult to come by. And mm. it's why I haven't released a movie in almost two years, is because, you know, people's schedules are, are insane. And, and, um, and, uh, and, you know, it's all good to have an idea, but bringing it to fruition is just, that's, that's insane. And when mm. you're dealing with people who have no commitment to the project, um, you know, like my most recent project, uh, film project was derailed by someone pulling out of it um, with all of the audio equipment. Actually, uh, four hours before we were due to start filming.
0: No. four have... hours.
1: Oh, oh, it was. Oh, haven't spoken that person the same way since. <laughs> four hours before we were due to start filming. Yeah, she just is she, that. He is or
0: that she, the movie no, I was I up just... for the journalist? Is that the journalist um, movie?
1: Yeah, it was it was that one actually. Yeah. Wow, I know. Really I had I had 25 people lined up to be in this movie. I had their schedules worked out. I had everything worked out. I had days of filming worked out. Everything was worked out and then all of a sudden every single one of my microphones disappeared <laughs> 4 hours before we were supposed to start oh, shooting. That's
0: game over. Oh, that's that terrible. is game over. That is so,
1: absolutely game over.
0: Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know Max and his work, he's actually produced. Is it so have you done three movies? Um, broad Two public features,
1: three, three shorts, three shorts. Um, uh, so, only one's been released publicly, though, which was my most recent one.
0: And And which um, one was that?
1: The film from lot 15.
0: Yeah, so that was was the one that we went to see at the cinema. So Max actually pulled together a crew um, and he had um, audio and he had sound mixing. Um, A lot of it, obviously, he took on himself. Um, And I believe it was at a storage unit facility where the bulk of the film was recorded where Max once worked on the coast.
1: Yeah, well, I can reveal the name of that one because, you know, people watch them. It's Mammoth Storage, basically, because they were the main sponsor of the film. Shout out to uh, Mammoth Storage.
0: If you want to support the podcast, jump on as well. If any (laughs) of the people um, at Mammoth are listening in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't give me any money. They just gave me a... Oh, absolutely insane. I'm going to get the square footage of that place because Lot 15, so Lot 15 at mammoth storage they gave this place to me free of charge for three full days and it the square footage of it it was a it's a massive facility um let's see it was actually in the mammoth industrial park so um, you
0: couldn't you couldn't dream of uh, a better scenario that like that outcome having a full like i remember in the film i remember when you were putting it the whole thing together you just said you mm. couldn't even figure out how to use the whole space it was that big and so you've gone from uh,
1: five hundred and five hundred and six square meters
0: so you've gone from five hundred and six square meters of space to use mm. to in your latest project not having um not having sound recording equipment, how do you deal with exactly. the ups and the downs in these in these sorts of situations when you've put your heart behind a project like that, you've invested in it, and and <clears throat> it can fall apart so easily? What do you do to sustain yourself through that?
1: I'll admit there is a there is a a loss of faith that comes with um uh, having a project get derailed like that. Mm. Of course, um you know with and not only that, but um it's something I don't do anymore, but I used to announce projects before they were like actually come to fruit before they came to fruition, and that's mm. because I was so used to my projects coming to fruition i didn't I didn't have the foresight to realize that they might get derailed yeah, and definitely. so I'd already released some promotional material for this film, and then all of a sudden just it just died on me, and actually, it died on me while I was in the middle of an overnight shift at the, at the, at the fast food place that I was working oh, at. No. And so I had to cancel all of this at about three or 4am or something like that. And yeah, I was just dead for the rest of the shift. I was just, I was nah.
0: mm, It's pretty gutting.
1: Uh, it really is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but this is the thing is that, you know, you can be you can choose to be defined by that, or you can choose to be defined by your successes rather than your failings and mm. And the fact of the matter is, no matter what way you want to look at it, yeah, I've had a lot of failed projects, but I'm 19 and I've had a movie in the cinema.
0: yeah so, yeah that's a, that's an know. accomplishment that not many people get to say at such a young age. yeah
1: exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, I was 17 when it happened. I wasn't legally allowed to sign the release contract for it when I did, but they never <laughs> asked me for ID, so <laughs> I just didn't give it to them. Um, so, oh, um, cheeky
0: bugger. Bending the it law. is a bit
1: cheeky. I mean, you can sign certain contracts um, if they're deemed to be a, um, a necessity, when you're under 18, I'm, I know that there's probably some law student out there that's going to correct me on this. But I'm pretty sure contract law, you can sign employment contracts, mobile phone contracts, car contracts and stuff like that when you're under 18. But for non-essential things like releasing a movie, I do not I, I don't think you can legally bind yourself to that.
0: Well, I'll be able to I tell you in a few short way. years when I'm practicing. So <laughs> we'll have to wait yeah, for that exciting and years and, and I'll I'm, come back for you.
1: I've just found out um, lot fifteen at Mammoth Industrial Park is fifty grand a month usually.
0: Fifty grand a month. Wow.
1: And I got that place for free. Well. Available for lease. Oh sorry. No nope. no no no. This is God, this is a poorly written commercial real estate website. No, it's sorry, it's fifty grand a year and okay. a and a 70, Fifty grand a year though,
0: that's that's considerable amount of money you know, like to, for a, for a, oh, even yeah, for a absolutely.
1: year. Is that a month? That's four, seven, four, that's about five grand a month, pretty much. It's
0: more than, that's it's more than what I have in my current, in my bank account currently. I can attest to that at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's about a thousand bucks a week. And so basically, you know, I saved myself about, they, they didn't, they could have charged me for using it, but they didn't. And um, and I was very, and the thing is, this was an amazing facility. It, it had a, a toilet and a basin in it, and everything. Mm. Like you know, you it was fully. You could, you really could live out of there, and and you know, it had those incredible um, lights in it that just worked so well with the cameras that we were using. Uh, we didn't have to get any external lighting. We used the lights from my car actually in a couple of scenes which you can you can see but it's supposed to look that way
0: yeah Um, it was more an aesthetic decision there so getting back to the um advice at hand um Mm -hmm. so the hardest things to get right when coming up with a podcast you've said essentially that um before you even start a project you have to realize that um no one is going to care about it as much as you and therefore Um, you have to take that into consideration with that advice. Um, Mm. uh, What can, what can um, young creators do better um, understanding that um, there is no one out there that's going to take it as seriously as them?
1: That's a good one, actually. Um, Have confidence in what you're doing. What you have to do is you have to step back and think, why am I doing this? If your answer is, I'm doing this to stay relevant, drop it. Because you don't have your heart in it. So you're not going to get anyone else's heart in it if you don't have your own heart in it.
0: Yeah, so you've got to be invested as well.
1: Exactly. You've got you, to look at what you're doing in this project and you have to say, would I rather be doing something else? If the answer is yes, drop it. You're not committed to it. You haven't got your heart in it. It's not worth it. But if you cannot think of anything else that you'd rather be doing, if you look at this project or look at the, the the plan for this project, the outline for this project, if you can't stop talking about this project to other people to the point where people get annoyed by the amount that you're talking about, that is how you know you've got your heart in it. All right? And fact of the matter is I'll be the first one to admit that I have released certain projects just to stay relevant or I've I've said that I'm going to do certain projects just to stay relevant Mm. as well.
0: And due to demand as well.
1: Yeah, but you can always tell when someone's doing something because they want to or someone's doing something because they need to do something because you want to do it, not because you need to do it pretty much. I mean, so I did stand up last year for a little bit and I did it because I wanted to do it but I stopped doing it when I stopped wanting to do it mm. now the main reason why I stopped doing it was because I thought it was desperate of me to stand up in front of a whole bunch of strangers and say give me validation with your laughter yeah, you know what I mean. And I, yeah. I told I told all the jokes that I wanted to, which I came up over you know five years worth of just saying things to people at school or something like that. And out of that, I got about half an hour worth of material or
0: something. Yeah.
1: And and I'm sure I'll do it again in the future when I've got more things to more things to say. I mean, you know, I, while I'm just working and my mind's completely numb, sometimes I just think of um of things that I could potentially say on stage. And then I test it on customers or something like that. And if they laugh, then that's the, then, you know, it could go. That's
0: towards a litmus test things. really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And if they don't laugh, then I um say, oh, well, probably never going to see them again. And next. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, you just move on. That's how you do exactly.
1: it. Exactly. So exactly. Being, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, do you have sorry. anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, so no. The main point is, if your heart's not in it, it's not going to happen. That's the fact of the matter. It's not. It's not going to happen. I, I can attest to every movie that I've made that I made it because I wanted to, not because I needed to. And the movies that I needed to make and didn't want to make, they haven't come to fruition mm. at all. Well,
0: it so, takes a lot of yeah. uh, willpower in the first place. So of course, that's going to um.
1: yeah it
0: does
1: and then there's detractors as as well because once you get success some dick is gonna say oh well this is crap like you know no someone's not gonna it's like all right when i released the hunt that was the first movie that i kind of like actually released right to put and i put it on youtube Mm. and the the and the marketing campaign behind it, I released about three trailers before I actually released the movie. And the marketing campaign was The Hunt is On in 2016. Right? It's a good and marketing campaign. people would campaign. come up to me at school. Yeah. Well, people would come up to me at school and say, Hey, Max, The Hunt is On. I'd be like, yeah, the movie's coming out in two weeks. And then they'd watch it. And then they'd come and say, hey, that was great. Yeah. But some people did it to mock me, really. They were like, oh, The Hunt is On. I'm like. Well, it is. Watch the damn movie. Yeah, get
0: ready; it's happening. On,
1: pretty much.
0: <laughs> get yeah, paid. exactly.
1: It's happening. But you know, and people would watch the movie and say, "Oh, you know, the the cameras in the background, or oh, you can hear someone breathing in the background." Bro, I'm 15. <laughs> I was 15 at the time with my sister. By DSLR 15 years camera. of age, you should
0: be able to prov- produce. Uh, my, um... The Scorsese quality (laughs) piece of movie, obviously. Can't even speak English anymore. (laughs) That's
1: right. If you're not producing Scorsese at the age of fifteen, what are you? Oh Oh, goodness!
0: Oh, you were set for failure from fifteen when you couldn't couldn't do that. So, exactly. I guess moving on. um, You talked earlier about um, how difficult it is to get um, different people to commit. Um, going back to that 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 central philosophy that this is your project and therefore your your heart and your skin in the game um yeah. do you have any advice for me booking um guests on the show today I've actually managed to book four or five guests which will keep us busy for a few weeks oh
1: excellent
0: but um, um I'm sure that's going to run dry and, and complications will arise and people won't show up and and microphones yeah, will yeah. get lost as happens so um, yeah. I guess twofold how do you how do you sustain that those those little hits along the way those little jabs and those little um mistakes that arise and then second fold how do you press forward and how do you get those results as well in such a project
1: um well you basically have to adapt really ad- ad- adapting is I, I know that seems kind of vague but I um, I mean, I can give you an example from from Lot Fifteen. Um, three people didn't show up to that to that film. You can't you can't tell in the final product, but three people didn't show up on the first day of filming.
0: That's um, that's a substantial number as well. I must point that out uh, the cast is a substantial of how many? Number.
1: Uh, of eleven, three right. didn't show up.
0: <laughs> so So we went from a day. cast of eleven to a cast of nine. Or eight, Jeez, eight my maths yeah, are almost as eight. good as my English.
1: Yeah, and then um, and then um, on the third day we had uh, seven, but uh, one person had to depart for personal reasons, which was um, absolutely fine, obviously. Yeah, and that happens as well. Um, yeah, exactly, and and um, we just edited her part to, so it was a lot smaller than originally scripted, obviously, but she still played an important role in the film.
0: So did you um, did and, you do like a Paul Walker then? <laughs> no Did you CGI her in? Like they did I in Fast and Furious Well,
1: I did not CGI her in to the well, film You're, se- no, you're 17
0: didn't. at this point Like you've had two years to um, improve from the last mistake <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're saying I'm not playing with computer generated images by 17. I should really just give up, shouldn't I? Oh, I mean, that's 100%. it. What
0: are you what are you still doing in the game?
1: <laughs> oh, dear. No, so so um and what what we did was because we were in a fortunate position, this film, the film from lot 15, it's a movie about making a movie, right? Mm. So we changed the movie idea there so it was still a movie about making a movie and we kept the fictional title of the movie that they were making in the movie except we made all of the production problems in the fake movie what they were in the real movie. So we just changed the storyline to actors not showing up (laughs) and all of them needing to rewrite the film on the spot. That's what we did.
0: It was actually perfect. It was perfect in in real life and it worked out so Mm. well. And it got such exactly. a massive following, like, at the cinemas. I remember I was one of the last people to buy a ticket, but I was I was just stoked that I could be there, and, and it was good. We yeah. had um a few, I think I think we had a group of 10 out of my grade show up, and we had lots of people um, supporting you in your grade as well. What, was it 11 or 12 that you were in um, when um, Lot 15 came out? Uh, 12. Yeah, uh, 12. I
1: just graduated. Um, so a teacher, uh,
0: it's I think the head of year and had had sent some info out and 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 it was yeah. a big supporting from from our grades um, and up. As we well. had
1: eighty five percent capacity in the in in the cinema when the when when the film actually rolled. We're mm-hmm. at eighty five percent capacity and and me I sat at the back, um, and I didn't watch the movie at all while really? I was in the no I was watching other people's reaction to it because I'd obviously seen the film about four or five times by then um you know because I'd been going over it and then you know because you when you make a movie you've got all the raw footage and for a movie that was mostly improv we had about um six or seven hours worth of raw footage there that I had to sift through to make into a cohesive story. And I stitched it together with narration, uh, you probably might remember. Um, uh, because, you know, it was all, most of it was improv. Um, and and so um, you start off with six hours and then I made a two and a half hour cut of the film. And I decided that that was too long. Yeah. Because, you know, the story wasn't progressing at all during some of those um, scenes. Some of the scenes were so unnecessary that they were just there to make a joke rather than actually
0: Yeah, like the push family the guy cutaways. Like um, yeah, exactly. bit where there was the chicken farm. So is that that was from the Lot 15, yeah. wasn't it? With yes, Lisa.
1: yeah, the chicken the chicken farm. Yeah, um, that was Isabella Webb and Kieran Whitehead in that oh. in that that was out the back of Kieran oh. Whitehead's actual house was that chicken farm. So what what happened with that was I showed up to film that scene. Um, uh, so the way it worked is we did I did one day of filming alone with Kieran. Uh, we did that actually in Sunshine Plaza um, without a permit, so we did get kicked out. Um, <laughs> but we we did the day of filming in uh, Sunshine Plaza of him getting the call that he needs to come and see the editor or of the movie or whatnot. Um, oh. And um, that was played by me. Um, And then him running through the plaza in various funny ways, you know, running up the wrong side of the escalator and then uh, running into um, uh, the elevator and having, you know, just elevator music play, which I think was Bang a Boomerang by ABBA. Um, Mm. And then then, um, there are a couple of other scenes that we ended up deleting because there was one where he ran through someone's shop and then it cuts – and then he runs out with um, different clothes on because it was a clothing shop.
0: Oh. I decided that
1: was that, that was too um, uh, ridiculous um, for what was supposed to be a movie grounded in reality. Um, even though the stunt man ends up fading away instead of actually walking out a door, he just walks through the door.
0: The stunt uh, man has to be but, my favourite character, by the way.
1: That is, that is all down to Kai Brunel. Yeah. not me. Yeah. I did not write a single line <laughs> of Stuntman's dialogue in that movie. That was all Kai's improv.
0: And is it true um, that um, imp- the, that improv role, the stuntman, was not actually um, initially in the film? Am I correct there or is that just a rumour?
1: Early draft, he was not in the film. I added the character of Stuntman later on but his name was originally Ron Smith with a nickname Stuntman but Kai Brutnell decided that his legal name should just be Stuntman. His Christian name is
0: Stuntman uh, of course.
1: Yes yes his his legal name is Stuntman and so that's why in the credits of the film he's credited as Ron Smith but he was but throughout the film he was obviously Stuntman. Um, oh, that's and that's why actually on IMDB as well with the movie, um, Kai Brutnell is credited as playing Ron Smith, um, instead of stuntman. Um, I think actually, I think that's how,
0: um, might have to do some Googling and get back to me on that one.
1: Set up. Yeah. I'm just having a, having a look now. Um, Kai Brutnell. Yeah. Ron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, not a single line of dialogue that Kai said in that, film was written by me he he came up with every single part of that on the spot he built that character from the ground up um that's
0: fantastic and that's another um that's another counter argument i guess to anyone that's tried creative projects and has had failures in the past or hasn't has had things that don't pan out um there is always that saving grace that redemption in sometimes you meet fantastic people who are just perfect for the job
1: and it makes,
0: makes the project
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, well, well, I had the unique opportunity. Um, I came up with the idea of that movie while I was working with Kai because he was employed at Mammoth Storage as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. And
1: we both got called in on a random Saturday. We we hadn't spoken to each other before this Saturday, right? We got called in on a random Saturday late in 2017 and we had to clear out Lot 15. So it was our job to drive the mammoth trucks around and get everything out of lot 15. And while we we're in there, I said, geez, wouldn't this be a cool movie studio? And he said, but what would you shoot in something that looks like a movie studio? I said, well, a movie about making a movie. Uh-huh. And, and, and that was, that and was it again. And and exactly. And I named the film, the film from lot 15 before we had the permission to actually shoot in lot 15.
0: Really? Because worst
1: comes to worst, I would have just used external shots of Lot 15 and stitched them into something else later so on. So
0: it wasn't the initial plan to actually film at Lot 15, but no. it just so happened that it became avail- available to you and, and you'd already come up with the story based on the place.
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, everything, yeah, exactly. I did not have permission at all to shoot on Mammoth property when I wrote the script. or or titled it or initially advertised it. None of that was my, I did not have permission at all. And then just at the end of one of my shifts one day, I said to my supervisor, I said, what do you think the uh, chances of the owners of letting me use Lot 15 are for three days? And and she said, well, um, depends. Do you want to do some product placement for us? I said, yeah, absolutely. And so as a result, there's about a two minute scene of improvised dialogue between Joe T. Jack and Kieran Whitehead. And all they do is just talk about how great mammoth storage is. And you can tell that it's a, that it's, you know, they were told to say mammoth storage is excellent. Um, And, but they, they get so in depth. They, they tell you what degree to turn your car wheel to, in order to get down the, the driveway to mammoth storage. Like they, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, um it was five minutes worth of dialogue that I cut down to two.
0: It's kinda like you know, those, um it's like it's like those Rick and Morty um adventures. You know how they do the ads? Have you seen the Wendy's ad that yeah. Rick and Morty does?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that, that yeah, sort yeah. of
0: thing. McCall's Jr. and exactly. they come in <laughs> and stink up the yeah. room. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That no, that's exactly what it's like. Um it's like
0: in much. your face, but it it works in that way. It's it's like a it's like a um, gag, it's like a bit of a take, but it, it, it serves as the product placement.
1: Yeah, well that the movie in itself, so the film from Lot Fifteen, you know, being made about itself meant that the entire setup which was filmed after principal photography. So we had um you know, we did the day of filming in Sunshine Plaza, we did three days in lot fifteen. And then we did one day in Fiona Simpson MP's Store office, actually, which is where all of the um, the opening scenes were filmed. They were filmed in Fiona Simpson's office, which she let us use. And, yeah. then, and then Cotton Tree Park was shot after that. And then when I was on my way home to drop Isabella and Kieran and Talia off, we shot, we went, we shot um, the the chicken farm scene at Kieran's house after, and that was the final thing that we shot.
0: So it was one day of shooting or over several days? What? Wow. Like how? How um, did you sort that out?
1: First half of the day was at Fiona Simpson's office. Then we went to Cotton Tree Park, and then um, I think Jody took Mahima and Stuart home or something, and then. I yep. was, and then I took Talia, Isabella and Kieran home, but I took Kieran home first so we could shoot that scene at his house with Isabella. Mm. Um, And then, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then it, so it, it, yeah. It was,
1: so that was all the one day. So yeah, five days in total of filming for that movie.
0: Yeah. Wow. So um, I just have one last thing here to talk about Um, in, yep. in my cance- um counselling session, I guess you'd call it. Um, so how do we deal with awkward pauses in a podcast and i guess i think i already know the answer according to your philosophy
1: editing <laughs> editing <laughs>
0: we're, we're lucky this isn't a live podcast this is all pre-recorded by the way so
1: yeah that's right exactly no editing um is your best friend um i suppose um editing and and um, you, you as the host, it is your responsibility to keep the motion of the conversation going, mm. I suppose, and that is a um, a big job. And I suppose um, you know because we're we go we go back a long time, and we've obviously had several conversations with the many activities that we've participated yeah, in, with together, or... such as debating. Um, so you know, you and I know how to talk to each other, which yeah. is fine. Um, so we can keep the conversation. Uh, the ball rolling pretty well um with that but um i suppose the thing that you would have to be careful of is if you have someone on who maybe you haven't spoken to as much uh with or um you know isn't necessarily used to your mannerisms which aren't necessarily pronounced but when I, when i you know someone as long as say you and i have known each other conversation flows naturally
0: yeah because well, you know um, what you're and doing you know, like and we, we haven't spoken
1: regularly in over two years we yeah. can still transition back into into this easily
0: because yeah, of the well, amount
1: of time yeah
0: <laughs> well i think that's perfect i think that sums up perfectly how we're how we're handling this um, yeah. just that little awkward um contest there but i guess it is a lot more difficult to manage um, awkward pauses over um, the internet as well, because you don't have that, um, like, you, you don't get a feel for the body language. It's not as intimate a setting, I guess, um, being yeah. separated as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 one of the main things. But, yeah, for the first couple of episodes and, you know, as well, if if you're with someone who you haven't spoken to as much as you've spoken with, to me, Um, editing is going to be your best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, As, as you do more podcasts, you'll, you'll pick up on it. You know, you'll, you'll pick up on how to keep a conversation uh, going. um, If you smack a dead end or something like that. Um, Yeah. So no, you'll, you'll, you're doing great right now. Um, It's good um, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing great um, at it. So yeah, just keep at it pretty much. Um, No, one's going to be expecting gold straight off the bat. Mm. Obviously. Um and you know, uh so yeah, I'm keen to do more of these podcasts with you and I'll I'll let you know how you're progressing along the more I do. Yeah,
0: but, fantastic.
1: Um, but yeah, um, as of right now, you're doing great.
0: Uh, well I'm glad to hear that and, and and thank you for the compliments and and yeah, I, I do think that it will get better with time and, and just a bit more confidence as well. Um yeah. uh, and with that I guess my question for you is um, how do you I just got to think of a good way to phrase this as well how do you um adapt to the the format like my view for this podcast is that it um it starts off as as a a place to talk and a place to communicate with um interesting people and and just just have yeah. those sorts of conversations about um, where they're at in their life and, and how that's equipped them to deal with the sort of adversity they're being faced with right now with, with all this COVID and and getting their take yeah. on a few things. But my, my question basically is how do you market and how do you orient your podcast in the right way so that you're catching the right audience and you're, you're ticking all those sorts of boxes, I guess?
1: Uh. That's a that's a good one. I'd say format is everything. Mm. Stick to your stick to your format. Don't um, you know, if if you get some feedback or something like that that says that the format's no good, don't listen to that. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is you if you start to listen to everyone's uh complaints or ideas or something like that. You're gonna, you're gonna have a, a shit show of a show, basically. So, um, you know, you, actually, if,
0: Sorry, just to interrupt. It reminds me of that, um, yeah. that Simpsons episode where they're doing the marketing trials for the cereal, and half yeah. of the kids are saying it's too short or whatever, and the other half saying it's too tall. It needs to be shorter, and they try and make like the yeah. Frankenstein monster of every kid's dream, and it ends up yeah, shocking and right. all the kids hate it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's exactly right. I mean, um, a good example of that is there was um, um, do you know the format of Top Gear well? Um, the the yeah. original like Top Gear with um, Clarkson, Hammond, and May.
0: Well, I watched so, you know. around about two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when that was the yeah. three of them, and they. Uh, my yeah. favorite part of the show was always when they did the, um, speed trials. Um, yeah. so it was that mystery driver. I can't remember his name. And then it was a Stig. celebrity. The, yeah. The Stig.
1: The Stig. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. classic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I read a book Jeremy Clarkson wrote and in it, um, he talks about how some people would ride in and say, Oh, the star in the reasonably priced car segment's crap. You should get rid of it and do more. um, power tests with fast cars or whatever
0: mm.
1: but then other people would write in and say oh you know i like the celebrity thing you know that that's that's one of my favorite segments and so he concluded it by saying the fact of the matter is ignore everyone because you're not going to please everyone mm. do do it your own way don't it's not necessarily don't have criticisms on board but your format is key. Stick to that.
0: Yeah, stick don't, to
1: that. Don't change routine. it. Yeah, exactly. Build something Create, that
0: you're confident with to, as well, I guess.
1: Exactly. Familiarity is something that people love. I mean, how do you think Marvel makes billions? Familiarity is something mm. that people love. Absolutely. So stick, stick to your format you know you can you can in the first couple of episodes you can chop and change certain things that didn't either did or didn't work or something like that but no your number one thing stick to your format that's that's what that's what i my advice would be to um uh moving forward would All be right. find something that works and stick to it but i i have to say this is working fine the way that you're doing it right now so
0: well, I'm really excited that we're we're shooting this first episode. I'm really looking forward to the guests I have coming up as well. So yeah. yeah, I guess I am I'm looking forward to it. And I'm I'm glad that you've come on today that we can have this combo and 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 practice my interviewing skills.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess I want to leave you with one last question, another one yeah. of those hard basket questions before I wrap up. Um yeah. so uh, the question of the day, uh and the question of the year really is is 2020 hindsight i just want you to think about that sentence that phrase that's so commonplace in in our society in our culture in our mm-hmm. language and and what your initial reaction is to it and and whether you believe it to be true that is 2020 hindsight
1: do you mean is hindsight 2020 yes or <laughs>
0: Okay, um, I have to apologize for my abhorrent English. <laughs> <laughs> Things get mucked around in there and I really don't have control anymore.
1: It's like um look that's no that that's fair enough.
0: Another another Simpsons reference. Can you imagine that like, Homer Simpson with the um the Bobo the monkey inside doing backflips? That's exactly <laughs> what's going on twenty four seven at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, that's fair enough. That is absolutely fair enough. Look. Um, yes, under certain conditions, hindsight is 2020. But you need the foresight to be self-critical, or just be capable of self-analysis and be self-aware enough in order for hindsight to be 2020. Because here's the thing: you can you can do something and then entirely miss the point mm. of what of what happened there.
0: Well, they say as well that um, mistakes. Ah, uh, the only expensive mistakes are the ones you don't learn from. So,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. And here's the thing: there are a million people making a million mistakes out there, and then they they blame it on someone else, or they just choose to blame instead of saying, "What the f- happened? How do I not do that again?" F- move on, pretty much. You know, and the only, and I I I, I introduced French into that into those sentences just then because <laughs> I. I it infuriates me how some people say the same,
0: mm, shit, do
1: the same, shit, over and over and over again. There are some people I've only known for six months who 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 say and do and just ah oh, same problem all the time. You know why I've stopped caring about people's problems, Samuel Davies? Tell <laughs> it's me, because Please, tell me. I, I have helped a lot of people with a lot of their problems and they have flat out ignored me. It has gone down in their lives. They've wondered what the happened. And then instead of saying, oh, maybe I should try something different. It's like a lot of girls my age with men, Mm. and I say that I say that reluctantly but it's also it's also men with girls as well
0: mm, it's definitely. just people
1: our age in relationships in general yeah or just people in in relation to relationships they date the same kind of men constantly or men date the same kind of women constantly they have mm. so many failed relationships that they just inadvertently develop trust issues and then they bring that trust issues into a damn new relationship you call them out on it and they just say no or or my favorite thing my favorite thing of all time oh they're great once you get to know them you
0: you. that's what (laughs) this is going to be that people who get beaten that's that's people who get beaten by their spouse right it's going to be the most sensitive That's episode I'm going to record in the next hundred. But yeah, yeah you're exactly, exactly. right. That's what With people
1: the, um, who get smacked around by their spouse say.
0: Mm. It's dangerous for sure. Yeah, it's just, think, you know, yeah, I think it ties into it.
1: If you have to justify someone's existence. Yeah.
0: Mm. I think it ties yeah. into simp culture as well. Anyway. You agree? Um, that, that, um,
1: simp culture,
0: you know, <laughs> this is just a crime <laughs> sort of mentality, like I'll just do <laughs> anything, do anything for just a crumb, just for a crumb. please, <laughs> just for, please.
1: Yeah. please, madam, just a crumb of. <laughs> no, I, I agree. There is a <laughs> lot of desperation in men, and but here's the thing, Samuel. Here's the here's the thing that that has been me, mm. and I, think, I I, everyone admit being, that being wholeheartedly. Mm. Exactly, well, we're,
0: yeah, social beings, aren't we? We, we can't live alone. Yeah, first we can't just go sit in a cage myself.
1: You get: Yeah, exactly. First attention you get from a member of the opposite sex if you are straight, <laughs> is incredible. and that that and that's fine if you are like that the first time around, but learn from it.
0: Mm, yeah, learn yeah.
1: from it. For God's sake, Definitely. learn from it. Hallelujah. Learn from it. That's the, that's the, own, look, and, and I say this with passion as well, because that was me, the years I did not learn from my own mistakes for years, Samuel, I am talking right up until about last year. I didn't well, learn from well, last my own week, mistakes.
0: last week, maybe last week.
1: Yeah, last <laughs> Well, who knows? I, <laughs> I very well may have some yeah. shit creep up well, around.
0: Hindsight in is twenty twenty, so.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so my answer is yes, hindsight is twenty twenty, but only if you have uh, the patience to be reflective.
0: Mm. Listen, much. Tom, yeah. thank you so much for jumping on um, the very first <laughs> episode of Scone On. Um, this has been an incredible chat we've had. We've talked about You're past- You're welcome. Um, past success, past failures. We've talked about your projects. Um, just before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to promote? Have you got anything going on at the moment that that people can go tune into or see that we can advertise here?
1: Um,
0: I guess if not, I would. I would like um, you um, maybe to provide.
1: Not, not actually right now. Um, mm. I don't actually.
0: Well, if you haven't got anything at the moment, what I was thinking is um because we have talked um, extensively about your films, maybe where can where can our my viewers go and go and see um the lot um the film from Lot Fifteen and and the Hunt and those sorts of um shorts as well that you've brought
1: Oh okay. Uh, uh, they're all on my YouTube channel, um actually. Uh uh, they're all on um, uh, Colton & Co. Productions. Um, I, I don't know. I suppose you can probably put a link in the description or, yep. so or something for my YouTube channel. But, um, yep, so we'll
0: yeah, put that in, uh, the, pretty in much the description box.
1: Uh, yep, yeah, it's got films, clips, trailers on there. Um, uh, I should probably double-check what it actually has on there. Yep. Yeah, so it's got all of my movies. Um, it's got The Bomb... Um, Closure, uh, let's see, has it got The Hunt? Um, Oh, yeah, it's got The Hunt on there. It's got uh, Tag on there. And it has the film from Lot 15. So, yeah, it it has every single one of them. Um, I'll make a playlist actually right now um, so that then people can uh, differ between what the actual movies are and what the trailers are. Yep. Um, But, yeah, other than that, um, that is pretty much, that's pretty much, yeah, it, um, yeah. So I'll make a new playlist right
0: now. Alrighty. Well, that's it for today. Thank you once again for listening in. And if you'd like to catch up on our next episode, please be sure to stay tuned as next Friday we interview Farin, a U.S. COVID-19 survivor all the way from Texas. If you enjoyed our episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with your mates. And to hear our best bits from the week and stay up to date with upcoming interviews and guests, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week, I'm Samuel, and that's what's going on.
1: Oh, wow. I'll be listening.